Thanks for checking out episode 6 of the Behind the Curtain podcast with Jeff Reynolds. I think you're really going to find this episode entertaining, and there's tons of bonus content available to our Patreon patrons. My first guest is a TV writer, actor, and stand-up comic, Michael Loftus. Michael is currently on tour with his comedy troupe, The Deplorables. It's such a small world sometimes in politics. I first became aware of Michael on the TV series, The Smoking Gun Presents the World's Dumbest Criminals, about 10 years ago. Then I had the privilege of hanging out with him two years ago at CPAC, and only then realized what a conservative he had become. We talk about the Mueller investigation, the state of entertainment and the media, how conservatives can survive, and what he's doing to fight back against the Hollyweird liberal bias. This was a fun conversation, chock full of insight and humor. Michael Loftus is all over social media, and you can find his comedy clips everywhere. Find him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Loftus Party. Loftus is spelled L-O-F-T-U-S. His podcast is The Loftus Party on all major podcast outlets, and you can find the current comedy tour at www.deplorableshow.com. Michael also recorded a bonus segment for our Patreon subscribers. He talked about his career, his experiences in the comedy industry, and how he came to realize he was conservative at his core. Subscribers get access to this kind of exclusive material and many other features. Check it out at patreon.com slash behind the curtain with Jeff Reynolds. My second guest is Denise Quinn, a former radio host and one of my dearest friends from the Tea Party movement in Oregon. We connected at the Second Amendment rally in Salem on Saturday the 23rd. We talk about the state of the conservative movement in Oregon, how you can still have an effect at the local level, and what the people in the Marble Nuthouse in Salem are doing to screw the average Oregonian. It was a fun conversation, and we even had a soundtrack with the band from the gun rally. Don't forget to subscribe to the Behind the Curtain podcast wherever you listen to it, and please leave a positive rating. The more subscribers and the better ratings, the higher Behind the Curtain will rank on podcast services like iTunes and Google Podcasts, among many others. Also, buy my book. It's called Behind the Curtain, Inside the Network of Progressive Billionaires and Their Campaign to Undermine Democracy. Search for it in stores or online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Simon & Schuster. It's available in hardback, Kindle, or Nook now. Welcome into the Behind the Curtain podcast with Jeff Reynolds. I'm your host, Jeff Reynolds. And today I have a special guest, uh, a dude that I've actually been watching for a long time. Uh, I first became aware of Michael Loftus through the uh, Smoking Gun Presents, uh, The World's Dumbest Criminals, the series on uh, uh, True TV. And uh, it's kind of funny how we've gotten to know each other through going to CPAC and and realizing uh, that we're on the same side of the aisle. So, Michael, uh, welcome in. Dude, thanks for having me. This is awesome. This is really, really great. Yeah, yeah. So you're, uh, just to give you a quick plug real quick, you're doing a a comedy tour that's based on being a Trump supporter, and you're going to be in Portland here on Friday, right? Yeah, we are uh, doing uh, Portland on Friday, and then we're going to be in uh, Spokane, or uh, I hope I'm saying that right. I I always thought it was Spokane. Uh, on Saturday, and then Sunday, Tacoma, baby. 
Outstanding. We're all all over. We're going to be we're going to be knitting some caps. We're going to be going to fish markets. We're going to be doing some (laughs) lumber work. All wearing some plaid. We're going to be wearing lots of plaid, puffy vests, and work boots. <laughs> <laughs> good deal, good deal. So talk to me about this uh, comedy tour. Uh, what's it all about? I, uh, are, are you deliberately sticking your finger in everybody's eye? or? <laughs> well, you know what? The, the whole thing started kind of on a lark, and then uh, I saw that it was actually not well yeah i would say i would say desperately needed some kind of entertainment uh for the right uh me and a a buddy had the idea kind of we were like well we should just go out on the road and be you know uh like right wing comics yada 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 and then as i lost more faith in the hollywood system the studio system the the cable outlets they they don't want conservatives or libertarians or I just say right-leaning they don't want us to participate and they are actively they know exactly what they're doing they know they're changing the culture uh, and they don't want other voices in there every once in a while you'll get a fluke you know like Roseanne Barr she kind of snuck in and then they they quickly (laughs) got rid of her but her ratings were ginormous her ratings were just insanely big I've I've written on a lot of TV shows, and so, you know, the the numbers, the the, the ratings, they haven't been that big for a a sitcom since the late 90s. You're talking about the reboot of Roseanne? Yeah, yeah. And so you would think that everyone would be uh, chasing that demographic. They're like, ooh, look, uh, Roseanne's a Trump supporter in her TV show. Her sister's a Hillary supporter, and having that conversation in a funny and upbeat manner is is ratings gold. It's ratings gold, which equals money. And they they don't want the money. They don't want the money. They'd rather have uh, they'd rather have uh, exclusivity to to cable. You know that's that's interesting too because um, I don't know if you know this. I just wrote a book. It's called Behind the Curtain Inside the Network of Progressive Billionaires and their campaign to undermine democracy. And in that part of it is I talk about how they coordinate all of their efforts to delegitimize Donald Trump as the American president. You know, and this started before inauguration day. They were talking about impeachment before he even took office. Yeah, yeah. But but to to quickly uh, circle back around, I, I definitely definitely want to talk about that because it's it's we live in very crazy times right as i uh went out and and participated you know and tried to i had a show i was selling i had a show uh i'm not going to name names but a very big television and movie star was producing it with me we went out we we took these meetings with very big networks with very big streaming services and they told us flat out, we love this show. We think it's great. We think it's hilarious. This would be a great show. However, it would make us look like we were a little friendly to the right. <laughs> Therefore, we have to say no. Really? This happened on four different occasions. Wow. Should, yes. Yes. So the reason, the reason they don't win, and, and I'm like, uh, I, I'm an optimist, man. I'm like, okay, so pe- people are cool. People are cool. Uh, you know, down deep, everybody's uh, a good person. And uh, 
and they can put politics aside for a bit because they'll, they'll want a big – there's a big pile of money. Half the country – half the country has nothing to watch on television. Right. And so that's, they that's don't want it. So, ESPN, right? Is they're so, pissing off half their audience. Right. But that was the impetus for starting the uh, Deplorables comedy tour. I'm like, okay, so we're not going to be allowed to participate in television or basic cable. So I guess the next best thing would be to take entertainment. Just let, let's just go out to the comedy. I start. I, 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 I still do stand up. I, I travel across the country and, and tell jokes. And so I'm like, I got a, a bunch of my friends together and we started doing the, uh, the Deplorable tour. So how's that gone so far? It's going well. It's going it's going really well. Uh, Brea, we first started it. Houston sold out in a heartbeat. Dallas uh, sold out. Brea, California, uh, sold out. Some of the other, uh, we were told by a couple places. There was a couple of uh, theaters in St. Louis who said we were not welcome. Really? That our, I was that wondering our, if you're going to get resistance. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we were told that we were not welcome in in St. Louis uh, and another city. So, you know, we put together a great tour. Cleveland, Columbus, Nashville—it's it's all been insane, and it's and people are really really thrilled. It's it's nice to be able to go out and not have to look over your shoulder. It's nice to be able to like laugh at a Nancy Pelosi joke and not have to worry, <laughs> oh, who's listening. Yeah. It's 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 crazy, man. But but as to what you're saying, uh, yes, they have gone the mainstream media, everyone. They, they've gone out of their way to delegitimize this president. They've gone after him, and and even now after the Mueller report, yeah. they're still saying, oh, obstruction of justice, obstruction of well, justice. He wasn't exonerated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what the, that's what they're that's, that's what, what they're saying now. Everything he says yeah. is right. <laughs> He's a complete and total jerk. That guy, like, I, I really, I, it, that's not journalism. I mean, if he wants to have an opinion show on CNN, that's great. But if you're just gonna, if you're gonna let opinion people uh, into the White House, into the into the press corps, in the press conferences, then they should, they should allow uh, Sean Hannity in there to ask some questions. Sure. Hey, Donald Trump, just how awesome are you? How great are you? Aren't you just fantastic? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah, that would be entertaining. <laughs> well, yeah, they might as well do it. They, they, they might as well. I mean, uh, uh, there's Acosta uh, certainly isn't a journalist, and I think anybody who, no. who, who calls him one is, is, is a hypocrite. Sure. It's, sure. it's out of hand, uh, and I, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, as as a nation, because here here's the uh, the other big issue that I'm worried about is like he, conservatives are so cool, and I'm and I'm not just saying this. What'll happen is conservatives go, well, you know what, the Oscars that that's just a bunch of liberals, and they have a message. I don't even watch anymore. They go, I don't even watch, and they get busy doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And like they go, okay. You know, that, that news outlet, they're, they're horrible. It's just propaganda. I don't even watch anymore. And then, like, with uh, network TV shows, oh, they've got their political – I don't even watch anymore. Like, we're giving up we're, – we're giving up way too much real estate in terms yeah, of uh, – that, that's where all the eyeballs are, right? And, and we're not yes. even fighting the culture war. And it'll, it'll be okay for us, guys like you and me, because we're already – 
uh, we're already in it, you know, we're already, you know, doing our thing and we have voices and we have podcasts and we're trying to spread the word. However, uh, it's our kids, man. Yeah. It's the, it's the generation behind us and the generation behind them. And, and I tell you what, if you're a, a media executive, you can afford to wait. You can afford to wait. It's like, okay, we might have lost 2016, but we'll get it back. I mean, the country keeps going farther and farther to the left. Uh, wacky things like socialism keep getting more and more normalized. And, and conservatives, they just go, well, you know what? I, I don't even watch that anymore. I don't even yeah. pay attention. Yeah, no, that, that I have a good friend that uh, has a podcast, and, and she always talks about the, the uh, normalcy bias, where you just sort of assume this is normal. When, uh, and when you stand up and say, guys, two years ago, five years ago, this was crazy, you're the one standing up, you're, you're the one that's crazy. Yes, yeah, and, and you can go back and you can look, and I've, I've seen, it, it's very interesting to look at, uh, America's views on on gay marriage. Now, I'm I'm okay. I'll I'll just be honest here. I don't care who you're in love with. If you want to have a civil union and be protected under the same rights as a civil union uh, that married people are, that's fantastic. I don't think I don't think gay people should be allowed to get married in a church. That's just me. But I, I I'm okay with with two women having a civil union. Yada yada. Yep. If you look at America's view on on gay marriage it, it was not popular at all not popular at all and then you had Will and Grace came out mm -hmm. and a couple of other like very very friendly uh, to the gay community shows and America switched in like eight years in it did not take long at all and I and I can't be the only person who's noticed this and I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of like you know, gay bashing. I really, really don't care. I, I just don't want it in my church. I just don't. I don't think we have to do it in the church. Right, right. <laughs> but like, if you can manipulate, if you can manipulate uh, the culture like that, if you can radically change people's opinions just through uh, entertainment, don't think that 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 we're the only ones that noticed. And if you don't compete, and if you're just a conservative, it's like you know what? Uh, I just you know I don't watch. I just don't watch anymore. You better you better get involved. You yeah, better no get doubt. involved, or you're giving away the country, and you don't even know it. Yeah, a good example of that is uh, Tim Allen and the, the Last Man Standing. You know, the fight to get that back on the air. Right, and that was. Uh, I have to think that there's some regret there. On, Why do you on say behalf. That? Well, I think what happened is uh, Roseanne was making uh, so much money because Tim Allen was picked up before Roseanne was canceled. Roseanne right. did a reboot, and it was making a mountain of money, just an absolute mountain of money. So somebody at Fox, you know, wisely, you know, okay, geez, we'll pick up Last Man Standing. This will, mm -hmm. this will serve the same audience. I think that executive has since uh, been let go. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I know the, the people who brought Roseanne back, I think uh, they're out on their, on their keisters. Oh, wow. But, uh, but yeah. There's there's one show. There's Last Man Standing. You'd yeah. think you'd think we'd be uh, knee deep in them, but we're not, and there's a reason why we're not. So right. that's why I'm doing the deplorable show. That's why we're taking the, the uh, you know the, the the message to the people. Just we want to have a good time, not be embarrassed that we vote for the candidate who is the most conservative, and uh, and and you know small government, and 
boy howdy, uh, yeah. trying to do our thing, trying to do our thing. So uh, did you have any problem uh, getting a date in Portland? Uh, it seems like a pretty odd fit with <laughs> Little Beirut, you know? Well, it's, it was... Uh, it was kind of I'm, I was kind of excited with the idea of going to Portland. Uh, to yeah. be honest, you know, it's like, well, let's go. Let's not. What are we supposed to be afraid of Portland? It's it's actually <laughs> the best. Like, no, let's. It's amazing. You go to these towns. You go to any city that is uh, uh, a big time, uh, like liberal town, like Los Angeles. You go to the middle of Los Angeles, and if if you drive, you know like 10 miles outside of city limits, you're going to be in conservative country. And it's like that in New York too. get out of Manhattan, get off that little Island and you're going to find a bunch of conservatives. It's really the, 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 the best case for the electoral college. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I have to imagine Oregon it has tons of conservatives. We've, we've sold a lot of tickets in Portland, dude. A lot of tickets. I want. I want every show to sell out, though. So I'm. I'm telling everybody. You got. You almost like owe it uh, to the conservative movement to to support the show. Like make yeah. your voice heard, because you will. They'll, they'll just write you off. You'll have. You know, San Francisco makes the decisions. Los Angeles makes the decisions. New York makes the decisions, and the rest of the country, which is still normal, uh, free thinking individuals, they'll just be pushed by the wayside. So do you uh, do you consider that part of your almost duty as an entertainer to uh, really uh, establish yourself as conservative or is it just sort of a, a, a byproduct? It started it started as a byproduct. However, now that I see more and, and I realize the depth of the problem, I'm I, I, I'm, I'm only about solutions. I'm. My my website, theloftestparty.com. It's fun, it's political, but it's it's about solutions, man. I want to help people and lift people up, and I'm an optimist. However, uh, I did this syndicated TV show called The Flip Side. Yep, I've, I've watched it several times. Some friends of mine uh, put it together, and we did three seasons on it, and you know, yada yada yada. But then it was then that I started to realize that, like, wow, there was like a lot of markets didn't. It was a fun show. It was upbeat. It was optimistic. Yes, we made fun of the left from time to time. No one else was doing that. But a lot of markets said, no, you're not welcome here. We couldn't find a station in Chicago. We couldn't find a station in New York. We had to pay to be on in Los Angeles. You're kidding. The, I'm not kidding. Wow. It was like. Uh, blackmail. If you want to be on the air, give us. So you're like, wow, this is really, it's bad. It, it's, it's, it's tough out there for a right wing pimp. And now <laughs> I always thought, well, I'll, I'll do a better version of the show. Maybe it's the quality of the show and yada, yada. So then I went up a level and you know, when you have Amazon and, uh, and other syndicated companies just saying, no, we, we cannot put this on the air. Because uh, it'll look like we're sympathetic to the right. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big problem. That's a big problem. Yeah, so then, I, I, I saw here in Oregon, uh, you were on in like some off station in Salem. It was weird. None of the oh, Portland stations. It was that that was literally all we could get. I didn't yeah. I didn't learn. Uh, there's like a convention where if you make a TV show, you go to this convention, 
uh, and the people who own these stations and they run the stations, they look at all these different shows and well, how much are you charging? And then, you know, then it's the wheeling and dealing. All of these station owners were like, we love this. This is great, but we can't put it on the air. We'll get sued. We'll get boycotted. Uh, they always had a, a, a different reason, but it's like, wow, uh, you yeah. know, things They've are been really intimidated. Yes, yes, they've been, they've been completely intimidated. So then I thought, well, I'll take it up. I, want, I, I wanted to be like on a real cable outlet anyway, yeah. uh, and, or a real broadcast network anyway. And man, in this last round, because now we're coming up on uh, when networks make their announcements. They'll say, here's our fall lineup, you know, make sure you watch, you know, ABC or whatever. They have, there is zero interest. There is zero wow. interest in anything that remotely makes the right look good or is not – unless you're bashing the right, they don't want it on their airways. Yeah, and that's that, why Trevor Noah gets away with not being funny on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I tell you, if, if you look at the list, you know, uh, you look at uh, – you know, they got Jimmy Kimmel doing it now. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is – you know, he's really been uh, – or I'm sorry, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon's yeah. making fun of the president. Jimmy Kimmel's making it a career. Stephen Colbert's making it a career. Samantha B is making it a career. Trevor Noah's making it a career. Bill Maher's making it a career. There's literally, if you count them all up, there's like 12. Yeah. 12 full-time shows that do nothing but bash one side of the aisle. You, and you're telling me we, you, we can't have one show that hits back? Not one. And that makes That's you wonder when, how they got away with uh, talk radio, you know, because the, uh, the audience is obviously there. Look at Rush Limbaugh. Look at Hannity. Look at Levin. You know, uh, these guys have taken off, and uh, there's, there's obviously a hunger for this kind of information, this, this kind of perspective in our entertainment. Right. But what are they constantly trying to do? What did Media Matters just do to Tucker Carlson? Right. They're, they try to pick them off one at a time. They're giving Rush Limbaugh a little bit of a rest. They went after Hannity hard yeah. a couple months ago. He managed to survive. They went after Laura Ingram hard a couple yeah. weeks ago. She managed to survive. It's like they just go down one by one by one. And, and what, they, what they do is... If they can't get you kicked off the air, they try to go after your sponsors. Right. And then you can't survive without sponsors. They are literally – it, it worries me to think about it because the to when you think about the giantness of it, the, the totalitarian – it is propaganda. Yeah. It is well, – when you're only hearing, when you're only hearing one side incessantly, it, it, that is propaganda. Yeah, that's exactly right, and they're, they're deliberately trying to squash the other side. It's and and they're they're threatening livelihoods, they're threatening lives in some cases. It's it's as bad as I can ever remember. It, you know, it, it was bad under uh, the two Bushes, and it was bad under Reagan, but this thing has really gotten insane with Trump. Well, that's the that's the wonderful byproduct of Donald Trump. That's the that's the great thing that uh, America. Uh, and, and all liberty-loving, patriotic people should really thank him for, that because he is so vocal and because he has uh, Twitter and because he hits back and he doesn't take it lying down, uh, the masks are now off, right? We, we all know. And, it, 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 and it's wonderful just to know. I like to know where I stand in the world because before Trump – 
you know, you had this sense of, well, the mainstream media uh, has an agenda. The mainstream media is all like-minded individuals who are anti, you know, Republican. But it was kind of a hush-hush, oh, are you a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy person? But now that Trump is out there and, he, and, he's, uh, and he's hitting back, it, it's undeniable. It's yeah. undeniable. When you watch CNN and NBC and MSNBC and all of these networks and, and you look at the, the, the coverage, the coverage of this president has been like 94% negative across the board. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, and so, like, what are we supposed to we're supposed to believe that's journalism? You're supposed to believe that's journalism. <laughs> and and uh, here's another number. I was talking about this on on, on my podcast, the, the, the Loftus Party podcast the other day. Uh, here's a number that no one's even paying attention to. Uh, the GDP, three point one, three point one GDP. That number came out three or four days ago. Yep. Best numbers in 14 years. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and they won't report on it. And they said they said it couldn't be done. Yeah, Obama and his people are like, oh, what are you going to do? Wet, wave a magic wand? Those jobs are gone. They're not coming back. We're going to have to live in a world with uh, you know one percent growth. We're going to have to live in a world uh, where ISIS and 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 other terrorists just blow people up. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, a jobless ma recovery. He called it. Ma manufacturing <laughs> manufacturing jobs are back. Wages are coming up. There's more jobs than, pe than there are uh, people to, to, to fill them. And ISIS just got their uh, butts handed to them in Syria the other day. Mm -hmm. Like, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. That the, like, and, like, what in the world is going on where these people expect us, well, the, here's the new normal. Here's, 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 the, here's the new normal. We're all, we're all supposed to be okay with it. And you got this guy, Donald Trump, going, hey, no, this is not normal at all. And Jeb Bush ain't going to get it done. These guys aren't going to get – I'll do it. And, man, I, I, I'm not even kidding. He's, he's going to go <laughs> – he wasn't even my guy. No, me neither. <laughs> I was a Ted but, Cruz guy. I'm telling you. Yeah. And, and now – but, like, the, the more that he survives and the more that he accomplishes, I'm like, I am on the Trump train. Chugga, <laughs> chugga, choo, choo, baby. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it's amazing to watch. And, and you, you really uh, bring up a good point about how uh, he's removed all their masks, you know, because th there used to be some sort of, I mean, we all knew about media bias, but there was a veneer of journalistic integrity. Now, I mean, that's just gone. Oh, it, 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 dude, I was on uh, Michael Steele, uh, the former head of the RNC. He had a, uh, a show on uh, Sirius XM, Steel and Unger. And one night I sat in, he was on vacation or something. I sat in for him and we, we legitimately, we had a dude call in from CNN. I can't remember the guy's name. Wow. And this is, uh, this is, uh, in the run up before the election. Oh, and okay. He, and this guy says, uh, he says like, you know, uh, you know, I'm a journalist for CNN. I'm an investigative journalist. And, and, and with, with all the stuff with Trump, I just can't cover him objectively. I just can't do it. <laughs> wow. and, then I, and then I go, then you're not a journalist. Then you, then you have failed. You're an opinion guy. Right. And he got so offended. He got so offended. I'm like, how can you get mad at me? You literally just told me you couldn't cover him objectively. And you felt like a moral duty to go after him. That's okay. not a journalist, man. Yeah. No, it's not. It's, it, and it, it hasn't been journalism for a long time, but at least now we, we can see exactly what their agenda is, you know? Yes, 
Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, so w- what we have to do, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, is uh, uh, talk to more than uh, we are, the people in the choir already know. Like the people who right. who go to Breitbart and the people who go to Drudge, they they already know. However, we need to increase uh, the size of the tent. We need to be the big tent party. We need to go out there. And, and, and once again, this goes back to why I'm doing the deplorable show and why I'm going out to comedy clubs and theaters across the country is like, we do have more fun. Conservatives have more fun. <laughs> like if you ask a, a liberal to describe a conservative, they're always going to close their eyes and they're going to think about the guy from the monopoly game, you know, the banker <laughs> dude, that's what it is to them. But like, it's, I can't say this enough. Like, I just want to be able to live my life. Right. I, I just want my, my taxes uh, to be used efficiently. I don't want to pay more than, than, I, than I should. I, I want a government that is smaller and more efficient. I want a government that isn't exclusively run by Democrats. And, and that's, what we're, that's what we're into right now. It's yeah. bad for the republic. And I want, I want people to come out and see a great evening of entertainment laugh their butts off, and then you can go back to your life. But at some point, the conservative movement, we got to circle the wagons and get loud. Like we're being, we're being shut out of the movie business. We're being shut out of the entertainment business. And, and if people don't stand up for something and support something, it'll all go away. And you'll be like, it's where we are now. How did socialism get so popular? Yeah, Good that's Lord. frightening. It's it's the schools, man. Yeah, it's the schools and it's the it's it's programming the Care Bears, Teletubbies. <laughs> no one seriously it, with children's programming now, the individual isn't the hero. It's the team. Only the team can do it. It's a really good point. Uh, oh, we don't celebrate the individual. In fact, uh, we want to disarm the individual. We want to make the individual dependent on the state. Absolutely. Like the kids don't look up to Tarzan or Davy Crockett or or the Marshall from Gunsmoke anymore. Those days are over. Those shows are all gone. They're dead. You know. Yeah. Now these kids are coming up with that's a great. We're a great team. We're the Teletubbies. Mm-hmm. Help me. You know. It's just. It's it's ingrained. It's. Yeah. In, I, I know I sound total conspiracy theory guy right now, but I, I honestly don't care. No, it's true. I mean, and, and that's why I wrote the book. But, uh, you know, there's, there's all these things that are uh, antithetical to the constitutional system that are uh, a group think instead of individual responsibility and individual freedom and liberty. Yes, yes. And that's, you know, and that's a, it's a it's a tough thing to sell. It's a tough thing to sell that like, hey, uh, I just want you to be able to live your life without the government breathing down your neck. It's kind of a it's kind of an odd a, a, a ethereal thing to sell as where the Democrats uh, and the, the liberals, they can sell, Hey, I want to give you free healthcare. Right. I mean, that's, they're that's something right. Yeah. They're Santa Claus. <laughs> and you can really, you can wrap your brain around that. You're like, wow, I'd love to be able to go to the hospital and not have to pay. Ooh, people in England can do it. People in England go to the hospital and they don't pay. Right. However, the, their quality of care is absolute garbage. And they say uh, half that they recently polled a bunch of uh, physicians in England, half of them, are considering quitting or uh, cutting their patients in their their patient size in half because there's just there's nothing in it for them. Right, they can't get compensated for the work that they do. Right, 
Yeah. So you know who else? You know who else has free health care? Uh, Venezuela. <laughs> How's that Here, working out for let, you? let me let me rub this old banana peel on that cut. <laughs> that's what you that's what you get you reduced to. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Michael Loftus, thank you so much for being with us on the uh, free episode of the Behind the Curtain podcast with Jeff Reynolds. There will be bonus, ma- <clears throat> excuse me, bonus material available on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Behind the Curtain with Jeff Reynolds. So we're going to uh, continue uh, recording on there, but uh, I want to say thank you. Uh, give a quick plug one, once more for the Deplorables Tour. What, what are the details? The details are here. Uh, We're going to Portland on March 29th. Then on March 30th, Spokane, Washington. March 31st, Tacoma, Washington. You got to come out. Go to deplorableshow.com for tickets. Deplorableshow.com. Wherever fine conservatives are sold. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Michael. I appreciate it. Good times. Reminder, there's another extra segment with my buddy Michael Loftus. He talks about his career, his experiences in the comedy industry, and how he came to realize he was conservative at his core. This is a lot of fun. For more of me with the deplorable Michael Loftus, check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash behind the curtain with Jeff Reynolds. If you like this podcast, the best way you can support it is by leaving a rating and subscribing. And don't forget to buy my book, Behind the Curtain, Inside the Network of Progressive Billionaires and Their Campaign to Undermine Democracy. Now it's on to the Oregon story of the week with Denise Quinn. Okay, I am here with Denise Quinn at the Oregon Second Amendment Freedom Rally. My name is Jeff Reynolds, and this is the second segment of the Behind the Curtain podcast. So we've got a little bit bit of background music. And um, uh, Denise, thanks for being with me. I appreciate you coming on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to have you down here in Salem as we are at this amazing rally. Yeah, this is incredible. There's uh, How many people are there? Uh, There's a few thousand. You know, I got here about half an hour before it even started and it was jam-packed then. Wow. It's been steadily growing. I'll be curious to hear the numbers that we, you know, the official numbers, air quotes. Yeah, yeah. And I I want to give a plug to Radiant Weapons out of Redmond, Oregon, who put this whole thing together and they put up $100,000 of their own money to run buses from all corners of Oregon to have people come to uh, rally in favor of their Second Amendment freedoms. It's been pretty amazing. It's kind of, I've been to a lot of rallies at the Capitol, as I think you probably have too. Sure, sure. This one has a, a, a different vibe to it. It's just, it seems to be a broader coalition. I actually saw somebody in a in a pink pussy hat here. So <laughs> I don't know if she had the wrong rally or, you know, maybe the, the, hey, listen, the, the women are with us on Second Amendment rights are, are women's rights. Are women's rights. Right. Yeah. So I, I saw that. I gave her the benefit of the doubt and thought, all right, my sister. There you go, right <laughs> on. <laughs> if she wasn't if she wasn't getting all pissed off and, uh, you know, uh, protesting. She was sitting then, there quietly. Yeah, so. well, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe she's here to learn something. So, I know, hope so. Let, let's welcome let's her. Let's hope that. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, this is a lot of fun out here, but uh, we're over here at the Department of Transportation on a bench outside just yep. in 
enjoying the lovely spring day and yeah, uh, hopefully the rain will stay off and uh, talking about all the things that are going on in Salem. It's uh, pretty nuts in the marble nut house, it's, isn't it? It's crazy. It's crazy. It seems like every day you wake up and check another headline and there's some new draconian tax measure, something that's going to erode our freedoms even more. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to keep up with after a while. Right, right. And that, they do that on purpose. They yeah. always have on these long sessions, they always have 4,000 bills yeah. that they introduce and uh, you got to winnow it down and you never know what's going to be turned into a gut and yeah. stuff bill. Oh, and that, yeah, we still have that to go. My understanding right. is that a lot of the gun bills are going to be hitting the first week of April, April oh, 2nd is that right? or 3rd. Okay. So I don't know, you know, you got a lot of people here that are rallying um, for those rights. People, I think, are finally starting to pay attention. It just seems like it's really Democrats run amok. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's nothing holding them back now. Well, there's, and, and that's the thing is, you know, we, we have super majorities in both yeah. houses and yeah. a communist for a governor. So um, the, the, the one thing that's in our favor is that, uh, so to explain, the, the super majorities, they don't have to, they, they have to get three-fifths vote in favor to raise any new taxes. Right. And um, they, they also have veto-proof majorities in case there's something that Kate Brown doesn't agree with, but that's that's unlikely. But right. So the, the, the thing that we can always count on with Democrats, though, is that they're always going to overreach when they have opportunities like this. And it's at all levels of government. So, yeah. I, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily pay. I, I talk in the past about how the importance of local government and local elections. Mm -hmm. So to kind of pivot just a little bit from the state matters, which... They are dropping mandates now. They're dropping them on cities. And so anyone who's familiar with the city of Salem knows that we've had that whole third bridge issue that right. we've been dealing with, which is a regional issue. And that was that was there was a meeting last uh, a council meeting last month where they voted it down permanently. Right. Yeah. That, that was the final vote. And what's interesting, and you see that at the state level as well, you see impassioned, passionate, articulate people come out in mass yeah. to speak to their representatives and they are ignored dismissed there's a viral video going around of a gentleman up in seattle who just mm -hmm. tried to get right, them right. to look up from their phones right that that made national news that's happening you know it happens yeah. at salem city government it happens at other where the, the level of arrogance it happens when in, got, in the uh, capitol building yeah. all the time and it's this sort of progressive leftist mindset that right. that is sort of deigning you will speak to me i will allow you to speak to me right and so you see that happening at all levels of government and i think people are pissed yeah and i think they've had enough yeah and i think they're pushing back now my fear is that it, is it too late? Right. Well, and that's the thing. You know, is, is it too late? Because uh, you know, we we saw this. Uh, I saw this coming. I'm yeah, sure you did I too. Did too. Uh, last summer, yeah. I, I looked at the uh, the landscape and I thought, "There's no way the Republican we're going to get annihilated." Yeah. Uh, New Bueller wasn't going to win. There's oh. no chance of that. No. And and that's that's when Kate Brown couldn't even get above fifty percent in the polls and, and New Bueller still didn't have a chance. Yeah, and there was so much infighting within the Republican Party at that point. We're still digging out from mm -hmm. under that. Yeah. I know you know that too. And right, with the primary fight and yes. the Republican nomination. And it and, it yeah. hasn't been sort of a, okay, dust ourselves off, it's time to move on and, and yeah. you, you haven't. It's sort of there's more of a faction now and to me than there was before. Right. And and those are, uh, there, there's a, a couple of folks that are running that whole thing that are uh, misleading a lot of yeah. uh, well-intentioned yeah. folks, you know, people that are very conservative and very angry at yeah. uh, the ineffectiveness of the Republican Party. And rightfully so. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But they're following the wrong guy. Well, uh, and, and, you know, and that's true because you're right. A lot of them are very well-intentioned. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And when you've got new blood, new people coming in, Trump brought a lot of new people in that are that really mm -hmm. want to play a role and, and, 
and they need to be nurtured and fostered and welcomed with open arms. Right. But but as as an activist, you got to look at the landscape. And, and you and I went through this 10 years ago yep. when we uh, joined the Tea Party movement, yep. right? Yep. You got to look at it. And it, it takes a while to really understand the landscape of who you're dealing with and who's a fraud and who's yep. not, yep. you know? And a lot of uh, good Republican folks in Oregon, unfortunately, are being... Uh, defrauded by this charlatan who's uh, leading them around and saying the ORP is uh, not uh, too establishment, yeah. not conservative enough. Now the ORP has its problems, sure. and I'm you know full disclosure, I'm on the uh, executive committee of the ORP. Uh, but you know, one of the uh, issues is not that we're uh, not conservative enough. It's right. we're not effective. We're, we can't raise money. Well, and you got to look at the landscape we're in. It's not like we're in. Florida. Right. We're in Oregon. I mean, I, I have people, I have relatives when, when the whole rent control thing came down yeah. that are in Washington. Okay, yeah. you know, we know Governor Inslee in Washington is a climate change He's all, also a communist. So they're crazy yes. up there. They look down at us yeah. <laughs> and went, what the hell are you doing, Oregon? Right, right. So even Washington, who is crazy, looked at Oregon and said, you're crazier than us. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, Oregon's looking at California and saying, hold my beer. Know. <laughs> exactly. We don't yeah. wanna... So, trying to be a Republican or a conservative or a constitutionalist, conservatarian, whatever you want right, to say, right. in Oregon is different than being one in Iowa. Sure, absolutely. The, the principles are the same. Yes. But you have to shift your tactics yes. and, and speak to people. But, you know, I was talking to Jeff Cruff about this yeah. last week. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the same thing. You got to... Uh, yeah, and I brought up the Zig Ziglar, you know, it's oh, yeah, a sales yeah. thing, yeah, right? It's, right. Uh, you know, um, you have to create the pain and then uh, offer the solution. Yeah. Whereas, and, and as Republicans, we have our sales funnel backwards, yes. you know? <laughs> truly. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. And so, um, uh, but I, I think if you uh, look at what the Democrats do, they, they are always out there. It doesn't matter that Republicans haven't had any real power in the state for 30 years. Mm -hmm. They're still out there uh, putting up these straw men and beating them down. Yep. And people are following saying, yeah, I, I don't like that either. You know, and, and uh, we, we are not very effective at communicating our message. We keep playing to their narrative, which drives exactly. me. Exactly. It's like, exactly. would you please stop playing to their narrative? Right. Stop playing stop by their accepting rules. their premises. Exactly. They're, they're, they're built on lies. Lies. Yeah. So if you have the, the truth behind you, you cannot lose. Yes. And, and standing on the principles, and it really is a matter of principles. And then it's also coalition building, because even just sort of locally in, in Salem and in, in the Marion County area, a lot of the issues that we're facing are not partisan issues. Right, exactly. You're going to get entrepreneurial millennials who want to come in and don't want the government coming in and telling them how to run their filmmaking business right, or their right, coffee right. shop. Yeah. So, and we're, we're not embracing, you've got too much name calling and nitpicking right. against people that we really should be looking at and going, you know what, at the end of the day, we have probably 60 to 70% of issues in common. Yeah. Let's yeah. get together and work together. Exactly. And and you can't you can't go around owning the libs all the time. Oh. You have to you have to actually find those common ground yeah. issues where you can work together and, and get something done. Now, I, this, this brings up a question in yeah. my mind though. Of course, you know, we go back to the Tea Party days yep. and and um, uh, I, I wonder, you know, we were we were always about uh, the rhinos in the in yeah. the party and, and you know making the party stick to its principles and all that stuff. And uh -huh. I wonder, were we just as ineffective back then, or were we uh, still trying to figure it out? Or because to me, it seems like 
the Tea Party principles are the constitutional yep. principles of liberty and free markets free market, and low taxes. Yes. Yeah, smaller government. Yeah. And I think that still plays. And I think that if we go back to that, it still is a winning message. So I'm not sure that um, it's the same as, you know, like this Trump influence now where, and, and you know, I, I, I support Donald Trump as the president. He's, he's done a much better job than I expected him to do. I will, I will agree with you with that. Yeah. And I've, I've been very forthright in, in something. I did not support him in the primaries, and I didn't vote for him. Right. 2020 is a different story. I have taken the hits and misses and then the balls and strikes approach with him. Yeah, yeah. That when he does something great, I praise him for that. There are some things, that, like the Twitter thing kind of, gives me agita mm-hmm. and then sometimes i just want to just say man shut up just <laughs> See, stop talking now, i just find that part <laughs> amusing the, the the twitter stuff the way he just leads the media I, around I know, I know. by the nose jim acosta is his oh my bitch. gosh totally. and, and, and and it's hysterical and and <laughs> right, so yeah, right. fair enough yeah but, uh, you know some of the principles you know he doesn't stick to uh, fine whatever but you know on balance things are okay you know what i'm finding with i'm seeing from from certain people and maybe it's people that are newer that weren't part of the tea party the prince i don't know you're making allowances if you're abandoning a principle because it's getting you what you want right do you really stand firm on that principle to begin with that's a very good that's question. concerning to me yes because it's hard to stand on principles as it should be yeah um it can be lonely to do that and i'm seeing some that when we talked about the fandom and the fanboy and the weird cult of obama yeah i'm seeing that with trump that right. concerns me. Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem, right? Is the cult of personality yeah. and the the you know uh, you have to be with them a hundred percent and and he's so, not daddy. Yeah, <laughs> so he's the president. Now that said, I will support him, but yeah. he's only one man. He, right, you exactly. Know, uh, he, he's 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 not the principals. He's just the guy in the chair. Right, you know? and so, is he doing things yeah. that I like? Yep, you're damn yeah. right he is. Right, but he's doing some things I don't like, and you know you should be able to have. A dialogue with somebody and be able to have that honest conversation. Some's good, some bad. Yeah, he's a human being. Right, right. You know? So yeah, uh, we find ourselves in the middle of this thing, right? Right in the middle between the never Trumpers and the yep. always Trumpers. Yep. You know, and and it's just like, well, you both are part of a cult, right? So <laughs> calm down and let's talk about issues. Yeah. You know, that's that's what get get it back to issues. Yep. You know, it's not about defeating the other guy. It's about educating the other guy and bringing them along to your way of thinking. And that's the persuasion part of it. Exactly. We talked about with Zig Ziglar and everything. And yeah, yeah. Not just saying everything's wrong, I hate it, stomping your feet. Here, everything is wrong. Here's my solution. Right. Here's why this is going to work better for you. To me, that resonates when you talk about trying to, you know, talk to millennials, just mm-hmm. as an example. I happen to be the parent of a millennial. Oh, right. Who was very politically active, who really stepped out of it and got kind of turned off by that. Yeah, yeah. Because it really didn't speak to, to his issues. The principles are all still there. Yeah. It was the tactics yeah. that were a turnoff. Right. Actually, absolutely. And and that's that's a problem that we're not uh, we're not sticking to principles only. Yeah. And and uh, it, yes, uh, Donald Trump has done a lot of good things that uh, and and has blown up both sides of the establishment. Yeah. Which, that, that's good. I like that. Yeah, the, the, he's a disruptor, right? Absolutely. So that that part of it is good. Yep. But when there when you're that's all you're trying to do then it's sort of pointless you know what i mean there's that governing part yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so i mean and and you get back to the last two years where you know we're, we're fighting over the wall now when the democrats have congress when we could have had it the last two years when the republicans were in and is that the kind of stuff that just kind of that makes me frustrated right right and that, and that of course goes back to the establishment that yeah. definitely needs to be blown yes. up right so 
So I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, but then we come back to Oregon where we have somebody who's just as a worse disruptor, a less effective disruptor, leading a bunch of Republicans around yeah. and disrupting stuff, yeah. but not having a solution or not having a way to uh, get, get the message across. It just seems to be a constant state of sowing the seeds of of chaos. Yes. And so I don't know what the goal is there to blow it up, but there's no solution to offer. Because, I mean, I get the allure of wanting to blow it up. Sure. sure. I can see where that's an, effect, an attractive message. Right. But then what do you do after it's all blown up? And, and we went, we, when we were in the Tea Party, we yeah. wanted to blow it up, but we also wanted to replace it right. with the principles, exactly. with the constitutional stuff. And and, uh, and when, when that happened, when we wanted less government, we got attacked by our own establishment mm-hmm. and they effectively killed the Tea Party movement because it was more of a threat than the Democrats were. Because it was effective. Right. Yeah. It yeah. actually did what it said it was going to do. Exactly. So you have to look at what's happening now just from an Oregon-centric within the Oregon Republican Party. I don't know what the end goal is. Um, I see a lot of people very, very angry. Yeah. I don't see it being articulated very well what it is they're angry about. And I see a lot of rhetoric being used to divide people at the very time we should be coming together yeah and then screaming at me that i should unite with them right excuse me which is yeah 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 get get on the bus or get out of the way so yeah uh, i'm at i'm at a point as a tea party conservative where i don't even want to i'm i'll work with anybody you know just shut up and let's get to work you know this this is as bad as it could possibly be and we need to fix what's going on in in the capitol building well, and you know, sometimes when you have to, it's the old, you have to hit rock bottom before you can crawl yeah, and yeah. be motivated to get your way out. But when you've got a certain faction that are constantly sort of picking at that scab. But it's that, been going on for 20 years, too. It's, That's tire, the, I, it's tiring. And, and yeah. again, talk about, you know, being insanity, doing the same thing over and over again. Right, right. And that's where, you you know, the conspiracy theorist in me says, well, you know, who's paying these people to keep us ineffective, you know? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know if you know. I, I just wrote a book about uh, billionaires on the left and their politics. So. I did. I have a copy of it somewhere. You should have brought it. I, I would have signed it for you. I got an autograph. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, so you just got to think, you know, it's so dumb and it's so ineffective. Yeah. You know, how could it possibly be intentional? <laughs> or it is intentional. Yeah. And right. it's it's keeping people completely distracted and spinning around like tops, just right. not really knowing where to focus. And it keeps efforts and, and otherwise motivated, intelligent, wise people from focusing on the right target. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know you, um, uh, for a variety of reasons, you're keeping track of a lot of different things in yeah. Salem yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a resident of Marion County. Sure. And, um, it behooves me to keep track of Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, you're also closer to the uh, yeah. capital than I am. So you can kind of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the worst stuff you're seeing coming down. Yeah, a lot of the, uh, there's a lot of just sort of heavy-handed mandates that are coming down. And then, so they're affecting, it trickles down to local governments. Okay. So, you know, local government is the closest to the people, obviously. Your city Mm. council, you're going to be able to run into them at the deli counter and give them a piece of your mind. Or say, (laughs) I love you, you're doing great things. Right, right. But what you're finding is a lot of, let's take rent control. Yeah. Which again, back to Washington thinking we're insane and Washington's crazy. Yeah. That is coming down. I, I know... A number of people who we don't align politically, mm. some very liberal, very prog- not progressive, but very liberal, who are looking at these bills and are just aghast when you look at it from a city. How is a city supposed to switch on a dime to mandate 
low-income housing. The, the oh yeah, it's not, just, it's not just rent control; it's, it's also the change of uh, zoning. Zoning, right? and uh, that, that all came with an emergency clause, so right. it's not you can sort of slide into this and ease into this. It's yeah. now. Right. Well, city government, even at, at a local level, is not that nimble. Right. And there's a lot of pushback. I, the city of Grants Pass, I know, is you know more pushing back on this, saying you know we get the protections for renters, but what about for landlords? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, well, landlords are evil because right. they own property. Right. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's, it really does. It, it, when you boil it down, it really gets back to basic Marxism. You know, it's, yes. it's, it's just control. And, it, it, and, and that's, yeah. And I always do my sort of stage whisper, whisper. plastic bag bans are another one that's been yes. a bugaboo of mine forever because there really is almost no data that shows that it's worthwhile, that it does any good. Most of that big trash pile they want to show us is from Asian countries. Yeah, if it exists we have at all. Like point zero, right, I know. Yeah. Yeah. We have 0.0%, whatever, some small percentage that the United States in there, but yet you've got municipalities and cities of Salem, yeah. which on April 1st, ours hits. Yeah, and it's yeah. just to make people feel good, and it really, literally, well, is they just know, about control. Yeah, they they know that it's not actually going to have an effect. That's why this uh, cap and trade bill that they're yep. going to ram through, and it's going to go through, and it's going to cost us forty percent hikes in uh, natural gas and who's costs. That's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the poor the most. Yep. That's that's exactly right. And so, but they know that Oregon's contribution to carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is. Not even measurable. It's right. infinitesimal. Right. Uh, and, and reducing that is going to have an even smaller infinitesimal effect. They don't care. They they want to be the example. They they think that no matter what, uh, they should show the way on how we can oppress our citizens. Yes. And and, uh, and make them uh, make them do this stuff even though it's not going to have any effect. They don't care about outcomes. They don't. And what, what I found frustrating is when you've got citizens who finally realize, because I, for a lot of people, you know, you're, you're busy earning your living, you're raising your family, right. until it hits you in your pocketbook and hits you personally. Yeah. My my problem with this and my fear always is that it's always too late. So by the time you amass a lot of people to go to city council, yeah. you know, you've got 150 people, literally that one night for the bridge, 150 yeah. people in there, overflow. But they had already made they their decisions. They had already made up their mind. Yeah. And they don't care if you are pissed off at them. Right, right. It does not matter right. that if you threaten a recall, if you threaten to vote them out, they're like, we're just going to plop one other person in here who ideologically is the same as me. Right. And that, to me, that that is the more frustrating aspect of it because the people that could affect it needed to affect it at the election and and you and i are friends with shelby gallagher and and she talks a lot about this uh this normalcy bias where uh Everyone just, it, it, you know, you slowly boil that yep, frog and, yep. and everything seems normal when you look around and they're like, and, and when you stand up and say, this isn't normal and you scream at the top of your lungs, you're the weirdo. You're the weirdo. <laughs> and I, you know, I many times have said, you know, you kind of throw up your arms and go, well, it's plastic bags. I guess I'll get used to that. Well, yeah. you know, all right, it's a gas tax. Well, it's this. Pretty soon you look back over your shoulder and you realize, where did my liberty die? I can't even find on the road right. where it died. That, that, that's that old Reagan quote, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. So my, my thought on the plastic bag ban, and that's going to go through too, but my thought on that is I'm going to start stockpiling them now and then just bring them to the grocery bring store. Bring your old crumply, cruddy yeah. ones and yep. make them fill yep. them? I know. Yeah. You know, on Amazon, you can get them for like a penny a bag too. <laughs> really? A lot of people are doing that. You know what? That's people, hysterical. Right? I didn't even think of that. That's yeah, awesome. Penny a bag, bring I'm your own. absolutely yep. going to do that. So am I. People will find a way around these heavy-handed draconian measures that progressive governments try to 
shove on the people. People yeah. will always find a way around them. Yep, absolutely. I'm I'm going on Amazon as soon as we stop recording so, and, yeah. and ordering those. Ordering that's, them in the gross. Yep. And they have a big awesome. thank you. They say thank you. Didn't hand them. You know. Yep. I brought my own bags. <laughs> oh, so they're. I see. They're selling them to retailers who want to. Yeah. Uh, okay. But consumers can shop. buy them. Yeah, and bring absolutely. Them in. I mean, and now it, it it makes a point as yeah. well. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, um, <laughs> I drive Uber and Lyft on the side, yeah. and so um, I bought Emesis bags, you know, like you get in the uh, um, emergency room oh, for, um, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for, for pukers. <laughs> we yeah. do the so, sound yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pretty hip audience. <laughs> but yeah, they're like 10 bucks for a sleeve of 24 of them. So yeah. See, there you go. So, yeah. Amazon you can get anything on Amazon. Day. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Look, the free market solved the problem. Exactly. Look at that. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So what is it about the uh, Portland and Salem and Eugene Democrats that they don't believe in free markets? Oh, gosh. Oh, should have prepared me for that question. <laughs> uh, they don't know. They've never, they've really never experienced a truly free market. I mean, if you're looking at the demographic of the people, the age group of the people that are coming up and, you know, we've got children writing gun bills in Oregon. <laughs> right, right. So they, you know, you kind of look like, like I talked about, you look back over your shoulder and where did your liberty and freedom go? Well, that's been a generation in the process. A couple of generations. So maybe they don't yeah. know what it looks like. Yeah. So maybe true. it's our job to educate them. And again, talking about talking to um, millennial business owners who are very entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. um, very into. But they're also into social justice. They're into climate change. They're into you know Black Lives Matter and all that kind of so stuff. So it's it's on us to yeah. to make the case that this is why this is actually a better system for you right. to present them what it really looks like. Cause maybe they don't know what it looks like. Cause it hasn't really existed yeah. in its truest form for a while. Uh, you're talking about the free market. Free market. Free, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, the, it's the true. Social justice part is I think people um, innately want to care. And on the surface, all of these things sound compassionate. Right. You only have to scratch down just a little tiny bit to see, you know, the, the nefarious motivation that's underneath that it's couched in compassion, yeah, yeah. which to me is very evil because it's really, it's really snowing people. It, it really is. And it, it's, it's uh, manipulating people yeah. and it's, it's the, emotional emotion. manipulation. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely true. Because People innately, I think most people, they do care. They want to feel like they're doing something that's bigger than themselves that they're contributing. Yeah. And those things are, are attractive to someone who doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely true. And that's, I mean, you look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortex. Yeah. Cortez, excuse me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to get in trouble for mispronouncing her name now. Oh no! Um, right. But uh, she, uh, you know, she she doesn't. I mean, she got an economics degree at Boston University, and uh, uh, and she doesn't know anything else other than the crap that she's been fed. Right. And when you confront her with facts yep. about the free market, she you know accuses you of racism. Right. And that, that's pretty, it's, she's kind of a one-trick pony in that. Yeah, yeah. That's all she has. Yeah. Well, got her elected to Congress. It, it, it certainly did. And again, <laughs> if you're looking at an electorate that just doesn't know, I mean, you have to remember, progressives have had the education system for over 100 years. Yeah. Slowly yeah. but surely whittling away and diluting and diluting and, and then stripping right. out actual real education. Yeah. So what do you expect when you've got kids that are coming out of that? They don't know. I don't hate them for not knowing, but I, I want them to learn. Yeah. But there yeah. doesn't even seem to be any intellectual curiosity. Right, and that's the biggest problem, yeah. right, is that uh, the, the public school system beats out of you yeah. the desire to learn. To really, really want to pick up a book. And when I was a kid, and I, I don't know, I would go look up a word in the dictionary right. four hours later because yeah. I was, like, finding <laughs> rabbit trails and, you know. Oh, that's neat. Oh, synonyms. Yeah. <laughs> now it's words with friends. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's that love of learning. They're not, 
our love of learning is not instilled. It's teaching to the test. Yeah. It's very regimented, cogs in wheels, and it's just, ooh, I would not want to be a kid in school right now. Right. Well, I've got a, a 13-year-old and an 8-year-old, yeah. and uh, they're going through it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, we're here at the Second Amendment rally, yeah. and um, uh, I asked my son, he's in eighth grade, about uh, uh, they were doing lockdown drills. Oh, man, yeah. And I asked them if they did uh, live shooter drills, active shooter drills, and they're like, no. The only thing we really talked about was, like, if there was a hazardous material released in the area or something like that. And I'm like, how, how do you expect, if, if there's a shooter, and, yep. and everybody's all up in arms that, you know, there's more shootings now than there ever have been. It's actually not true. Which is not, okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. Built on lies. I, I know, get, I, know, I understand. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, but, but even let's, let's uh, accept that premise sure. for all a right. moment. All right. If the shootings are going on more and more, why aren't you training people to avoid them? What, what are you doing? Yeah. You're just creating more victims. Exactly. So what's the answer to that? And I don't think you could probably ever get an answer to that. Right. Or some run around and some, you know, gobbledygook. Yeah. Well, we don't want them to uh, accept the culture of guns. I think well, I've heard that. we don't want to scare them. Yeah, yeah. you're terrifying them that the world is going to end in 12 years. Well, and, and you look at that poor girl from uh, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas yes. uh, that uh, just killed herself. Yeah, oh uh, my gosh, I know. Just the Awful. most horrible story ever. And, and you know why that happened is because she... Well, she had a massive survivor's guilt, of course, um, uh, but she also felt like she couldn't go to school. She was trying to take classes at the community college and couldn't bring herself into the classroom. So she's terrified. Yeah. Can you blame her? And, and, and we're not doing anything to correct that perception yeah. that classrooms are shooting galleries. Right. And to empower these kids to help protect themselves. Exactly. And to be a partnership in their own protection and their own safety. Yeah. Speaking of empowering yourself to uh, protect yourself, you, within the last several years, started to get into the shooting sports, haven't you? I have been for a while. Um, Yeah, more so now. Um, I love training with my firearms. Um, I love going out and shooting. I was just talking to a friend who's got a lot of property and an area to go shoot, and so I'm negotiating. We'll have a, to talk about that after we're done recording here. Yeah. Some barbecue. It's rock and roll. Yes. So, yes. Very oh, the much barbecue guy. The barbecue oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, mm. I'm, I'm all over uh-huh. this. Barbecue and firearms? <laughs> Hello. Oh, that's America. I can bring beer, too, right? <laughs> now we're on America times 10. <laughs> I, I, I actually brought cigars with me today, too, so I'm... Uh, yeah, but I, I, I am a fire. I have to, with embarrassment, my first gun was pink. So don't Nothing don't hate me that. because my first gun What's was wrong pink. What's wrong with that? Uh, you know, <laughs> variety people, is the spice. Of I life, know so. it was. It's actually a magenta. But, oh, well. uh, yeah. So um, I'm actually a, a good shot. Um, I was a member of certain women's shooting groups. I'm a big proponent of firearms and gun safety and Second Amendment is a women's issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been a victim of. Uh, Almost violent crime that was stayed off because of that. And really? so Yeah. So I, I am a firm believer that disarming women makes them less safe. Absolutely. In fact, it puts them at risk for being gravely harmed or... And, it's, it, it, and you know, everybody wants to deny, deny the difference between the two genders these days, or the 57 genders, or however many there are. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's undeniable that men are uh, have more upper body strength than women Absolutely. and can easily overpower a right. woman. And a firearm is the great equalizer. Yes, it is. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so as a woman, I, I feel strongly about that. Um, when my son was younger, we 
gun safety. Um, he was, when he was old enough, appropriately handled the firearm, understood it, fired it so we knew what it did yep. into a watermelon so you know what it does. It's a pretty, pretty <laughs> yep. dramatic way to kind of illustrate Absolutely. that. It's not a toy. Yep. Um, there's actually, there is a gun, real true gun safety bill that's going through here. Um, I don't know the number of it. Okay. But it actually wants to mandate firearm safety for elementary school kids i think it ought to be managed it ought, and that I mean, if you're truly believe in gun safety yeah you're back in that bill absolutely yeah. Yeah. that's where you need to really make them put their money where their mouth is right and and the, the democrats won't right. pass that because they believe that any sort of normalization of guns will create well it'll what, what they really believe they won't tell you is exactly. that uh they won't have control over it anymore. exactly and, and that and, mask is starting to slip a little bit though no, it's it's never really fit very well. True, true. <laughs> it's been a bad a bad scare mask. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Denise, thanks so much for yeah. being with me. Uh, believe it or not, our uh, half hour is up. Uh, as we were talking about, it goes fast. It does. You know? It does. It's been so, a pleasure. Uh, before I uh, uh, sign off here, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, you're getting involved in, or? Uh, well, I am also. I mean, I'm a voiceover gal so i've got some voiceover stuff i'm doing um okay. i'm just um, actively working in uh, local politics around here trying to um, invigorate get people motivated and active and I, if i can't say one thing pay attention to local elections people yes that's where it really matters yesterday it really was, affects you yesterday was just the filing deadline for the may elections yes. for school board school and boards. fire boards and yep. all that stuff and all of those things get on those boards they're pretty yep. easy you don't need a lot of votes to get on them that's a nice way to launch yourself if you have political aspirations start there yep absolutely or even if you don't have political aspirations yep. and you want to do something to help yep. you know uh, the other thing you can do is also sign up as a precinct committee person yep. for your political party. I don't care what it is, sign up. And the parties suck, but uh, you have to get involved. You, you, you get don't in. have a choice. Right. You know, it, it has to. We need more people. You have to get involved and you have to make a difference uh, and, and learn how the process works instead of just complaining about it from your keyboard. Exactly. And learning how, to, how it works is how you can get in and change it and affect change. That's exactly so you gotta right. you got to get in. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, Denise Quinn, for uh, being on the Behind the Curtain podcast with Jeff Reynolds.